You are about to listen to Season 2, Episode 5 of the Let's Shag Podcast, where we do a giant Q&A session to try and knock some of these questions you guys have been sending in out of the way. As you're listening to this, I am already on vacation in Turks and Caicos, baby, in the Caribbean, enjoying life in the sun and having fun. Big shout out to our sponsors at manscaped.com. Head over to manscaped.com today. Any of their products on their page, if you use code SHAG, that is S-H-A-G, like the name of this fucking podcast, you are going to get 20% off your order plus free shipping. Again, that is code SHAG at manscaped.com. You will get 20% off your order plus free shipping. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and I look forward to getting back to it next week. What is up, Degenerate Family? This is Season 2, Episode 5 of the Let's Shag Podcast. I am Nathan Spencer, your humble host, a.k.a. Daddy Nate, a.k.a. Dr. Shag. And here at the Let's Shag Podcast, we talk all things sex, relationships, taboos, toys, 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 kinks, bodies, and consent. Life is short, sometimes too short, and you owe it to yourself to be having good sex. And we at Let's Shag are here to help. All right, guys. So this is actually kind of sad. I literally was recording this entire podcast, like was almost done with it and found out the recording had stopped three minutes into the conversation. So that's super fun. So now I get to go back and start from scratch. So today what we're going to do, like we've done in the past, and because as you're listening to this, I'm already in the Caribbean, Turks and Caicos, living it up under the sun having as much fun as I possibly can, knees deep in cheeks and sand, you name it. I'm having the time of my life. So what we're going to do for this podcast is we're going to do another Q&A episode. I'm going to try and knock out as many of these Q&As as I can so that you guys get your questions answered because you've been writing in like crazy. Okay, first question comes from someone named Holly. It says, oh, daddy Nate, where do I even start? How about 20 years ago, fresh out of my second divorce, single mom with a baby, very limited experience with sex, certainly hadn't had anything that I would call good, definitely not great. I wasn't interested in more of that. Didn't think at a time that it mattered of a mismatch in partners. Maybe it was me. Maybe I just wasn't interested. So I raised my son. I built a successful business, got sick in there and spent 15 years in a wheelchair. Yeah, there was a lot going on. Adding sex to the mix was the last thing I felt like I needed to throw in. Then 2020 came. I woke up one day with a sense of urgency that I still cannot explain. It was time to get out of the chair. Doing that started a journey that brings me here. So far, I've managed to go from being able to take 10 steps a day on my own to close to 7,500. I hardly use my chair at all anymore. It's hard, but it's been good. I've even lost 175 pounds so far in the process. Oh, and bam, my libido woke up too, along with my legs. She woke up and she was hungry. I know at this point you're probably wondering, yes, I am having sex again. And for the most part, it's great sex. I had no idea what I was missing. I started reading erotica a while back, and that gave me words to start to know what I wanted to try and what to ask for. I'm extremely comfortable in this exploration and my desires and kinks, except one thing. And this is it. The reason I'm writing in God, I can't believe I'm even about to share this. 
I'm 48 and have never had a man go down on me. I hate to admit that, and it's not that I don't want it, but it feels a little bit like being a virgin at almost 50. I'm super self-conscious about it. Is that weird? So far, any sex I've had, and this has literally been happening in the last three weeks, has all been super urgent and hot and intense. It just doesn't seem like it's been the right time, maybe. But I guess I'm wondering if you have any advice on how I end that down there drought without causing me any anxiety. P.S. Love the podcast. Love your TikToks. So, Holly, how do we end the down here drought? So you have lived your whole life and never had a man go down on you. I will say this. Don't expect to be impressed the first time. Your partner has to get to know you, first of all, in that aspect, just like fucking. It's it's a completely different ballgame. So he's got to learn what you like, what you don't like. And maybe just being the first time, you'll enjoy it more than as it continues to go on. But I would say how you end the down there drought. There's a couple ways that you can do this. You can verbally tell a man, go down on me. You can say, I want you to go taste it or something like that. That's pretty simple. You can also do some head shoves if you want or so i you know i preach about not doing the head shove as a guy but as as a girl i feel it's a little bit more acceptable like if a girl pushes my head i'm like oh we're going down here that's fine i'm all for it i love i love munching on box so i will gladly reciprocate now if it comes to the point where it's just not happening you've given verbal cues and it's not happening you need to tell them you're gonna have to tell them and be like look I want to get my fucking pussy eaten and it's never fucking happened. And I'm so excited. Tell them how excited you are. Like, I'm so excited to try it. As far as the anxiousness and anxiety comes, it's like trying anything new in the bedroom. Like your first time doing it, your first time having sex. Shit, I was so anxious. I didn't fucking finish. Okay. I was so fucking scared. I was going to do something wrong or I was going to come too early or whatever. I did not finish. And it's going to kind of be like that. For the first couple times, it's going to be kind of awkward. You don't know if you like it. You don't know if you're enjoying it yet. And then you'll find a rhythm. Okay, it takes practice. All of these things take practice. They take time. And you have to be communicating openly with your partner to get there. So my advice to you, much like my advice to everyone, is to open up and be honest and actually tell your partner your wants and desires and take it from there. Remember, it's not like, you know, it's not like riding a bike. It's not like something you just pick back up one day and it's all of a sudden like amazing. It's going to take some time. It, take, it takes the train. You got to take some training wheels years. And then maybe it is like riding a bike. Take some years on the training wheels and then eventually take them off and you're enjoying riding a bike. It doesn't hurt anymore. You're not falling down all the time. That's my advice to you. Take it with a grain of salt. I love you. Thank you so much for riding into the podcast. All right, here we go. (laughs) This is a pretty simple one. Davina, I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name. Davina writes in, she says, how do men feel about the weird faces women make during sex? Let me tell you, in my experience, I have definitely seen some out there faces. Now, I think it all, your perception of these is molded based off the intimacy in the moment. So if we're having some hot, heavy, passionate sex or whatever, and she's making some weird faces, I'm like, oh man, she's really enjoying herself, right? But if we're just like, you know, fucking and she's like not being very vocal and she's not really into it, and then she starts making a weird face, it kind of weirds me out. I'm like, what's going on in there? Like, what are you thinking? You know what I mean? So I will say this. What do we actually like look at your face that much and be like, what's going on in your head? I'll say 99% of the time I'm focused on my game. I am trying to figure out how you work, what gets you off, you know, trying to hold myself to get myself off or whatever the case is, um, you know, trying to work to get myself off, which is more the case nowadays because I have to actually focus to do that shit. So 99% of the time I'm focused on me and what feels good, but I'm also trying to tune into your needs and see what feels good for you at the same time. So I'm not really worried about your face that much, right? I'm trying to make sure you get off. There's nothing hotter than 
verbally listening and feeling a woman come. That's what gets me going. So that's what I'm focused on the 99% of the time is getting you to fucking come because once you do, I'm like, all right, now now we're fucking going to the ball buster so I can get off. But I'm not so much focused on what your face is doing. I, I can tell you're in the moment. I can tell you're passionate. Whatever the fuck your face is doing, I don't really care. Like faces crinkle. They do weird things all the time. I don't read too much into it when it comes to sex because your body's doing so much other shit at the same time. Okay. So I would say don't have anxiety about what your face is doing. If you, if you do make just like an ungodly face all the time and you know, this happens, maybe, maybe do some practice, look in the mirror and be like, okay. And what do we do when he sticks it in real deep? We don't do that face. We don't do this face. We make this face and then smile and just kind of nod and give a little wink. It'll sexy. I don't know. That's going to be my advice there. I know that's not the best advice, but that's all I can really think of. I don't think I've ever focused on someone's face. I don't have a memory of just weird faces of in my sex bank. I have some memories of some really hot cum sessions, both her and me. That's what I remember. And that's what's going to stick with me. So I hope that helped. Okay. Next question is from someone called Liz. Liz, here we go. Love your podcast. I hope you start up again. My husband and I have been married for seven years and together for 11. Your advice has opened my eyes to a lot more adventures of what I want to do and how to ask for it. I do have a question as far as food play, like not a whole meal, obviously, but maybe like whipped cream, honey, ice, etc. How to initiate, talk about it and execute. Thanks again for all your help. And I can't wait for the next episode of the podcast. So let's talk about food play for a minute. So when it comes to food play, there's a lot of different things you can use. You're right on the money with the whipped cream. Honey can be very, very sticky, uh, especially, I mean, warm honey does have a sensation about it, but again, very, very, very sticky. So we try and stay away from sticky things unless you want to do it. I'm not saying I haven't done warm honey before because warm honey feels really good on your skin and that's more the sensation we're going for, not so much the, the sticky aspect of it. So be mindful with what you're using. Hershey's syrup is a good one. Ice cubes, you mentioned that. That's a very good one. I, I know I've talked about this before, but switching from ice cubes to warm water in your mouth can be a very contrasting sensation. It can be very highly pre- pleasurable for both you and your partner. So have your partner put an ice cube in your mouth in his mouth and go down on you, or you put an ice cube in your mouth and go down on your partner. And then when the ice cubes melted, you know, maybe 30 seconds after or whatever, grab some warm water, swish it in your mouth, and then right back to what you were doing and have your partner do the same thing. Those are pretty easy. Whipped cream. I feel like some of these things are more for the the atmosphere, right? So whipped cream, chocolate syrup. Like I'm not literally trying to lick every inch of chocolate syrup I've just doused on your tits off. I think it's just more of like the atmosphere of licking chocolate syrup off someone's tits. You know what I mean? I'm not there for a snack. You're the snack. The chocolate's just a bonus, okay? So put it wherever you feel comfortable. I would never say that you should probably put chocolate syrup near your vagina, uh, it's probably going to be a no go, but on your male partner, sure. Make a little ice cream sundae, give him a little whipped cream and some chocolate syrup and lick that shit off. You get to enjoy a snack and some dick at the same time. But as far as food goes, play with it. I'm not, I'm not a food expert. I've only had a couple food experiences in my life and it's been pretty basic. You know, like I said, warm honey, chocolate syrup, whipped cream. I'm not sitting here eating banana slices off someone's ass. So if you're into that, good for you. Or smashing apples with your butt cheeks, whatever the fuck you're into, I'm into. But at the same time, just remember, it's an experience for everyone. So the conversation just needs to be very open and loose. Tell them what you're looking for. Tell them what you like. Again, I've said this before. Find a video you find attractive and either share it with your partner or watch it with your partner. Look up food porn and figure out what you like in that and then share that clip with your partner and be like, this is the shit I'm looking for. That's a very easy way to segue into almost anything. 
any aspect of sex, that's going to be a very easy way to get the message across of what you're looking for and also give your partner visual. Not, not all men, but a lot of men are very visual learners. Um, and this goes both ways, females too. A lot of people are visual learners. So give them that visual aid that they need. I hope that helped. We are moving on to the next question. This one is from Noel. Noella, N-O-E-L-L-E, Noella. Okay, not a question, just a thank you. I listened to your episode seven this morning, first time listening to your podcast. Don't ask why I started on episode seven. And just gotta say, I had the best morning with my husband as he attempted to take a shower. Wowza. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you know what? Those are good messages. We love to hear that here. So glad that you guys enjoyed the sex. I hope you checked out the other episodes that you continue to branch out in your sex life and have these very good sexual experiences. All right. This is a long one. Buckle in. (laughs) This person's name is I do not dare. So if you wrote you did not dare to share your name, this one's for you. Hi, Daddy Nate. So I just listened to season one, episode 13. Everything in this podcast spoke to me. So I have a few stories for you and maybe a couple of questions. We'll see how this goes. One, I am a shaker. Thank you for explaining to the world this is a form of enjoyment for women. I have had been actually back away and stop because often while orgasming can't connect my mouth and my brain other than to say yes, faster, oh my God, and I'm not loud. <laughs> Thanks for your podcast. I have started to tell partners about the shaking in advance and I tell them when I have come and tap on the shoulder when I have reached a point where I'm too sensitive for clit stimulation. Thanks, sex life, 100% improved. Two, now as fun as the first point was, now for the next one. I was with a partner in the past that had never had sex with penetration. Every time I got his boxers off, he would instantly go limp. Every time I touched him, he complained that it hurt. There were also self-diagnosed mental health conditions, diagnosed by him, not me. We talked about sex in and out of the bedroom, kinks, mental blocks, talked about hand job pressure, lube, tried sex in his safe places, tried talking about mindfulness and sex, etc. The relationship did not last because while I was trying to learn new things to please him, he did not reciprocate the level of effort. I ended with me asking him to get professional help, which he did not do. It lasted for like four months. That's a very depressing story. I think I, think I did all I could but I'm still upset with myself and him. It's affecting my ability to perform with my new partner. Is there anything else I could have tried? Okay, so we're going to break there before we go to the next questions and just say, if your partner is not willing to be open and honest with you about their needs in the bedroom, or if they're not seeking help for things that they cannot help when it comes to limpness and things like that, that's not on you, okay? So don't put that weight on your shoulders. They're not being a good communicator or Maybe they don't know how to communicate it. But again, that's not your fault. Okay. None of this seems like it was your fault. You were trying to open up the conversation. You were trying to see what they like, what they needed, et cetera, et cetera. But for whatever reason, they just weren't getting there. So I think you're you're absolutely correct. He did need to seek some help. What that help is could be varying degrees of counseling, sexual counseling, medications. I do not know. Uh, again, I am not a professional. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a degenerate who loves to fuck and talk about it. Okay, so whatever it could have been, you did your part. So feel validated in that. Okay, let's move on to this next part. I generally orgasm six to eight times in case you're collecting stats. I'm guessing that's like in one session, which congratulations for you. You are unicorn, one of the few who or well, I wouldn't say one of the few, but you're one of the ones that other women envy. I'll tell you that. Four, the new partner is also just on the edge of being too big for me. 
And I mean in diameter, not length. We have talked about it and tried a few things, but we are out of ideas. What can I do to get used to his size? Let's not get medical here because, again, I'm not a professional. I'm definitely not a medical professional. I know the female vaginal canal can stretch to certain diameters, okay? It obviously gives birth, so it can stretch vastly beyond what we think it can sometimes. Now, when it comes to pleasure, it's not always going to line up, which is unfortunate. Okay. You could, you could try and try and try and try. And I would say if you guys are having sex average a couple times a week and after like a month, it's still painful for you. You know, if you've been using lube, doing all these different techniques, you know, trying to just stay active in your sex life and it's still hurting. I don't think there's anything you can do. It's not like they make a magic like stretch your vagina out for the dick length you would like today. It's they're not. A, it's not a pair of rattlesnake boots. OK, you can't stretch it out to make it more comfortable. So if you're actually having pain every time, that's that's very unfortunate. I mean, there's there's not a lot you can do to that. Um, you could try more numbing lube. But again, who wants to numb their vagina? Because that's where we're going to come from. Right. That's a very hard one to answer. I would say I would say give it your all tough through it. And if at the end of the day, after a little while, you're still not enjoying it, that's going to be the next conversation you're going to have with them. Um, and you're going to say, look, it really hurts when we have sex and it's so unfortunate. And if that's something that's a deal breaker for you in the relationship, that's going to be an even bigger conversation. And we're not going to get into that today, but I hope that helps somewhat. Uh, I know it's not a direct answer. There's not a lot you can do. I would, because I know even with my partners, ones that start out, uh, that there are women that I've been with that I dated who in the beginning of our relationship were tighter. And it's just because I'm a little bit bigger than some men. And after a little while, it did kind of loosen out a little bit. I, don't, I hate to use the word loose, but it did stretch out to accommodate my penis on a average every weekly. Right. So I definitely want to say give it a try. Keep going at it. Stick with it and give it a good college shake. Right. But at the end of the day, if you're not happy with it, that's something that only you can determine how the outcome of that's going to go. So I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry you had shitty partners. Don't feel the need to be validated when you're trying to do everything you can. We'll go back to that one more time, but I hope that helps. Okay, next question. Oh, this person just asked, when is the podcast coming back? It's already back, bitches! So I hope that answers your question. Here we go. This one comes from Marina. My partner and I both have very high sex drive, but it's starting to be the same. So how do I pull something out of the bag that will be unreal for him? Or at least, how do I approach the conversation? Thanks for your time and efforts regarding if you use this or not. Okay, so Marina, how do we pull something out of the bag that's different? First and foremost, do your own research. So figure out what you want as far as different goes, okay? Because for some people, different can mean a different hole, right? That can be the difference between sticking your penis in a vagina and sticking, in your, sticking it in an ass, right? That could be different for them. If that's not something you're willing to try, you need to make sure you're defining what your different is first and foremost. So figure out what you want to try, okay? What can be new to him? I always say, if you've never done anal, give it a shot. Start with toys first, especially butt plugs, fingers, things like that. Warm your way up to it. It may take a couple sessions for you to actually even enjoy it. That's something that's always a big uh, a big go for guys, especially guys that like butt play and stuff like me, right? So that could be something of interest. You can also try, uh, if he's open to it, you can try the P-spot stimulation, which is something we've mentioned in prior podcasts before, which is you know stimulating the prostate. You can do it externally with your hand or a vibrator. You can also do it internally by sticking your fingers in his bum. So that is something, if your man has never experienced it, that will blow his fucking mind. And it may take a little coercing. It may say, listen, you might think this is weird, 
But trust me on this. It's going to blow your fucking mind. If you've never had a pee spot orgasm in your life as a man and you experience it for the first time, you're like, what the fuck was that? It's like, you know, Tom Segura is like melted cheese analogy. He's like, you take regular cheese and you eat it, but then you melt it and you're like, what the fuck is this? I can have this all the time. And they're like, yeah, just slap it on anything you want. Like, yes, it is that fucking good. Having a male pee spot orgasm is fucking crazy. Okay. So that's definitely something I would say try. Other than that, as far as the bells and whistles and things go, you can play around with different kind of bondage toys. I always recommend if you haven't done anything with handcuffs or ties or anything like that, try with some ties. Do some sexy lingerie play, maybe some role play, you know, dress up in some costumes and actually get into it. You know, none of this like, oh, this is stupid. Like you have to buy into that shit. Okay, you have to mentally prepare yourself like I'm a firefighter here to start a fire. Like, right. Okay. That's got to be your mindset when it comes to role play. There's all kinds of things, guys. There is so much out there in the world of sex. So figure out what you want to try, define your boundaries, and then have that open conversation with your partner. Like, hey, look, we've been a little vanilla lately. I wanted to spice things up. What are And ask him. Say, hey, what are some things you're into that we haven't done? See what he thinks. See what he wants to do. Anyways, Marina, I hope that helps. We are on to the next question. Oh, I had someone write in earlier. Uh, I'm trying to find the email right now. You know, I'm just going to I'm going to wing this one off the top of my head. And this was probably the one I wanted to touch on most today and where I wanted to go with it. This question someone wrote in to me and basically is the I feel like it's a question we get a lot here on the podcast. It's how do I bring up the conversation of me not being satisfied or of the sex being too vanilla or of I'm not satisfied any longer or of how do I tell my partner this? And everyone wants a Band-Aid, right? Everyone wants a quick way out. Everyone wants a little trick, a little tip. You know, how can I bring this conversation up without damaging our feelings or damaging his feelings, hurting his ego? And here's your answer, people. There is no trick or tip, unfortunately. There's no little Band-Aid I can give you to stop this dam from busting. And here's the thing that's that really sucks is if you're not willing to put that on the line, then you're just going to continue to be dissatisfied. And I told someone this earlier this week, they actually wrote it on the Instagram, well, my Instagram, and I answered them back. They're like, okay, but like, what if I'm too shy to do that? And I'm like, well, you're suffering the consequences already. Like you're continuing to not be satisfied in the bedroom. And that's at that point, that is on you. That's on you. You're, you are suffering your own consequences by not vocalizing your needs in the bedroom. If you need more, if you want more, if you are not being satisfied, you either say something, you either bring it up, communicate it to your partner, or you suffer You suffer the consequences of not doing that. And that is on you. I said this, and I'll say it again. We go through hard things in life to make us better. And this is just one of those things that's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It might even be painful. You may have to go through some very deep emotional scarring that you didn't want to bring up ever again in order to get to where you're going. But choosing those less traveled roads, choosing those hard paths, choosing to look the pain directly in the face and walk through it anyways is what brings you to a better place in the end. Choosing to go around it altogether is never going to bring you to the destination you want to get. You're just going to keep going around shit and keep going around shit. You're never going to get there. So sometimes we have to have these hard talks. Sometimes we have to have these hard conversations that we don't want to have in order to better ourselves, to better our partners, to do things like that. There's no easy way around it. Quit trying to find an easy way out. And you see all these analogies all the time about fitness, like quit saying you're tired of 
being whatever weight you are or wanting a different body or whatever and continuing your same diet, continuing your same workout program, like that is the definition of insanity, right? If you were to say, I'm going to get freaking jacked by summer 2022, but I'm not going to change a damn thing. Everyone would literally look at you and be like, you're fucking crazy. So why, why when it comes to sex, do we have that same mentality? Do we say, I'm really tired of this. I really don't like it. I really want things to change, but I'm not going to do anything about it. That's insanity. Literally, you're being crazy. Stop being fucking crazy. If you want it to change and you want it to change bad enough, do something about it. Openly communicate with your partner. Have those long, hard talks. And again, not in the moment of sex, not right before it, not right after it. That's going to save you a little bit of face when it comes to these hurt feelings and egos and things, right? That we tie, we associate to the physical aspect of sex. These conversations, these deep emotional conversations you need to have with your partner outside the bedroom, in the privacy of preferably your own home or your own space, and just talk about it. Don't be judgmental. Make sure you're asking questions about their perceptions as well. Maybe, maybe they have a lot of underlying questions they want to ask too. And that's the other the other side that you're not getting as many questions as many people was right into me and asked me like, how can I change this? How can I do? You have no idea what your partner's thinking either. Unless you ask them, unless you have those conversations, unless you say, listen, we got to put it all out on the table because you are my person and I'm going to be boning you for the rest of my fucking life. And I want to be having bomb ass bone sessions when we do it. So let's fucking lay it out right now. Suck my fucking toes, lick my butthole and fucking put a finger in my ear right? Stop being afraid. Stop being afraid. Ask those questions, have those conversations, and you are going to find it gets addicting. Me and Mama B have talked about this before. It is addicting when you start actually opening up and having these conversations. Why? Because you realize how simple it could be. You realize when you actually vocalize what you need in a sexual experience or when you vocalize your wants and desires out loud to people as much as they may. Listen, the people that are going to judge you are going to judge you regardless. But the people that are on your side, they're not going to give a fuck. They're going to be like, yeah, okay, whatever. We can do that. We can try that. I'm willing to try that. I care about you. But it's addicting the outcomes. What happens from it? The much better sex that you're going to be having because you're so willing to just express it. That's the hardest thing for people to get. It's so hard for people to just ask the simple questions and have the conversations. And you're like, well, how do I word it? I'm, you literally word it to me in all your, all your questions that you write in. How do I ask my partner to put it in my butt? Um, you just look at him and you say, hey, will you stick it in my butt? Like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be a comedian right now. I'm just saying like, you guys have the answers. You just don't want to do it. You don't want to go through the hard work to get there. And that's the unfortunate thing. And I'm not degrading you. I'm not talking shit on you. That's just the truth. I want you to know I love you. I want you to know I care for you. I want you to know I support every one of you degenerates. But if you're someone that's stopping themselves, nothing I say is going to help you. At the end of the day, the ball is in your court and you're the one that has to make those moves. I can't just give you an audio clip of me telling your partner what to do so that you can share it with them because you're too afraid to say it. You know how many audio clips I would make? Um, I'd, fuck, maybe I should do that. I'll, st I'll start audio clip. Personalized audio clips that you can share with your partner so that they can fucking do what you want them to fucking do in bed. And I'd be a fucking millionaire. Just do it, guys. Do it. Have better sex. That's the whole point of this podcast is to have better sex. And that starts 
with open communication. And I want to leave you guys with this. It was something that I uh, picked up on this week. There's a video sent to me about someone talking the differences between happiness and peacefulness and how they are not the same thing. A lot of times people associate peacefulness with happiness. I want you to think of it like this. And we're going to use diet terms again here, right? I like to use my gym, my diet terms. Happiness is that instantaneous burst you get when you're on a diet and you eat some chocolate or you have a cheat meal or something. It's that that happiness, okay? That that joy you get out of doing it, right? Instantaneous, probably not long lasting. Peacefulness is at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of your goal, whenever you get there, knowing you did everything that you could to make that happen. I just want you to think about that for a second. Are you sacrificing peacefulness for happiness? And we do it every day. We say, oh, this isn't going to matter that much. And at the end of the day, we go, we go home, we go to bed. And while we're laying there trying to go to bed, I do this all the time, sitting there fucking kicking myself in the dick like, ah, should have done that better. Should have done this better because I chose happiness, which in all honesty is exactly what I was just telling you, the easy way out. It's a way around, but it's not a way to your goal. Not all the time is happiness the answer. Sometimes pain is the answer. Sometimes hardship is the answer. Sometimes the things we don't want to do most are the answers that are going to bring us the most peace. I don't know if you've ever heard of David Goggins. He was a Navy SEAL. And most people think he's fucking just loony bins, crazy, insane. Like people look at this dude and they're like, Yeah, that guy's fucked up in the head. You know what's funny? I think he's got it all figured out. Yeah, people look at him and say they're fucking he's fucking crazy all the fucking time because of the way he talks about shit. Like he he literally talks about there's a period in his life where he wasn't where he wanted to be. And so what did he do? He started doing everything he did not want to do. So if he woke up that day and it was raining and he's like, fuck, I don't want to go for a run. It's raining. He did it. He didn't want to wake up early. He would wake up early. He would do everything in his mind. He would he literally register these moments where it was like, oh, I don't want to do that. And then he would go do it. And people think that that's fucking ludicrous. But when you're trying to achieve a goal, when you're trying to achieve peace, that is the answer. That is the equation to peace is doing the things we don't want to do in the short term to achieve our goals that we want in the long term. Anyways, I just wanted to leave you guys with that little that little metaphor thing. It was something that actually brought me peace. I was like, you know what? I'm struggling now. I'm going through hardship now so that at the end of the day, when I look myself in the mirror, I'm happy. And I know you just said, Nate, you just said happiness and peacefulness don't always coincide. Sometimes doing the hard stuff makes you happy at the end of the day because you know you're going to have peace at the end of the year, the end of the month or whatever. So it it may not bring you instantaneous happiness, but it can bring you happiness over the long run and peace in your life. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I know I answered a couple questions and we're going to get a lot more coming in. Remember, I love you. You're all beautiful. And anything you took from this podcast, I, I want you just to remember that we're all unique. We're all individual. We're all individuals. We're all individualistic in our own sexual needs, our sexual preferences and things like that. Don't judge other people based off theirs. Just understand it. You don't have to agree with it. Understand it, that you're different, that not everyone's built the fucking same. Okay, I've said it before. I'll say it again. We're all snowflakes. There ain't two of us alike. 
Okay. And we all bring our different energies when it comes to the bedroom, when it comes to all sorts of stuff, chase your goals, chase peacefulness over happiness and be happy. And with all this that I brought you today, as always, let's get to shagging.